Hi, y'all. My name is Kennedy Tippins. Welcome back to my podcast, Rooted. I hope you guys have had an amazing week. I know that when I was at camp this past weekend, it was amazing and life-changing, and I'm thinking about doing an episode just about the things that I learned. But for this week, I am going to be talking about how the Lord prepares you in your battles now for maybe the future and just giving a few testimonies about how there were times in my life where I was going through stuff and I didn't realize that the Lord was preparing me for bigger things in my future. I'm super excited to get into this topic. It's not going to be super heavy, not going to be super deep, but it is very important for us to talk about and fully understand. So with that being said, let's get on into it. So some of you know me personally, but the ones that don't know me personally, I just want to talk about the fact that I am a senior in high school right now. And it is basically 95 to 100% of my life is me dreading these last few months. Like I'm so tired. I'm so ready to be over it. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. But one of the main questions that I get asked a million times, and the question is so annoying because I don't have an answer, is what are you going to do after high school? What are you going to do with your life? What are you going to do? Are you going to go to college? Are you going to work? What are you going to do? And I don't have an answer. Um, That is uh, the worst part of that question. And everyone has an opinion on what I should do afterwards. And... uh, I I don't know. I just, I don't really call to a specific spot in my life right now. So I'm kind of just praying about it and waiting for it. But the problem that I have when people ask me that is some people are trying to strike fear in my heart about my future. And I refuse to let people get in my head and make me afraid that the Lord will not provide for me. Now, I do believe that there are things that I can be doing to provide for my future and the Lord has blessed me tremendously, but I refuse to believe that the Lord will not provide. And whether that means college, whether that means a certain school here in Nashville that has been offered to me, whether that means maybe just taking a few years in podcasting and working and just figuring it out, whether it means moving somewhere, I just... I just don't know yet. And I'm not really in a rush to know. I know that my parents would really like to know. And trust me, I would like to know too, but I don't. And that is okay. And so it's really been on my heart recently about preparation. How does the Lord prepare us for certain things? And I I don't know. I've just, I've been reading some things in the Bible that I was like, wow, God really prepared me for that. And there were times in my life where I was going through things that were really hard, but then something harder came around the corner. And I wouldn't have been prepared for the second hard thing if I wouldn't have gone through the first. And it would have been detrimental to my life because I hadn't experienced those things. And I just think that we don't realize how much the Lord provides for us in our everyday lives because we're so focused on ourselves and our situations and what's happening that we don't take a step back and look at the bigger picture. And I know that it's really hard. I'm going to use the example. It's really hard to lose someone. 
But if you wouldn't have experienced that grief, you wouldn't have been able to maybe help a friend who is experiencing grief like yours afterwards. And maybe the Lord was preparing you to be able to help. And he's using those bad things like loss to an extent that you can be helpful and you can turn it into something good. You can show your friend that pathway that you took just a few months ago. You can show the love of God through feeling the pain of the world. And I'm just going to tell a few Bible stories that I think that we don't really put two and two together. I will admit some of them I put together and some of them other people put together for me, but I'm going to kind of collectively bring in two specific stories about how the Lord prepared people in the Bible that we don't always notice and we don't always put together because sometimes they're separated by chapters or even books of the Bible that we just don't realize. And the Bible's really hard to follow. The timeline of people's lives are really hard to follow in the Bible. And it is because there's so much information being kind of thrown at you. So I'm going to try to break it down the best I can. Let's talk about the story of David and Goliath. I know that some of you are probably very familiar with this. If you didn't grow up in the church and were told this every Sunday in Sunday school, you probably have heard it, whether you're a believer or not, whether you have read it or not. But if you haven't heard it, I'm going to kind of give you the gist. Basically, there was this giant and the Lord sent David to go killed the giant. And when I say giant, like I don't remember the exact measurements of him, but he was ginormous, like an actual, actual giant, not like an NBA player, like ridiculously big and ridiculously like buff. But I've always wondered in first Samuel chapter 17, it talks about, you know, like the Lord showing David how he's going to kill Goliath. And basically the shocking part of this entire story isn't that he just sent one man to kill this giant. The shocking part is that he did it with rocks, like stones. And it says in verse 40, he picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them in his shepherd's bag. He was also a shepherd, which is not going like like think about it. I live here in America. I know some of you live on other continents and other countries and stuff. But here in America, we are not going to send out a shepherd to go fight our battles in the US military. That is just not what's going on. No one's doing that. No who nobody's doing that. We're not pulling the farmers and putting them firsthand. Sometimes I think we should pull the Southerners or like the people that live in the Appalachian Mountains. I think they should fight our battles, but that's that's just me personally. Anyways, this isn't important. So back to what I was talking about, but he picked up five stones. They, he put them in the bag. And if you go a little bit further into the book of First Samuel, actually a little bit further into this exact chapter, chapter 17, it says David killed the giant with a sling and a singular stone, only one stone. He picked up five stones, but he only needed 
one. So maybe he thought he would need them. Maybe the Lord told him, pick up five stones. And how, I know y'all are, y'all are probably thinking like, Kennedy, why does this matter? Like, okay, so he might have just grabbed an extra few for, I don't know, like for protection to be safe, to be prepared in case anything happened. Let me tell you why it is significant to this whole thing that I'm telling you. If you go a little bit further in the Bible, not just a few chapters, but by an entire book in 2 Samuel in chapter 21, it talks about how David faced another battle in his life. This is a very long time after Goliath. And you might be wondering who he faced. He faced four descendants of Goliath. Think about that. Years, years later, four, four descendants of Goliath. And guess what he used to defeat them? Guess what he used? The Lord had prepared him years before a battle that wasn't even at the top of his mind. He didn't even think, he probably didn't even think he was going to make it out of the first battle. And not only was he going to make it out of the first battle, the Lord was preparing him for the second battle that he didn't even know he was going to be alive for. I'm sure, can y'all imagine being David? I would, I would, I would pray that I would have the faith that David had that he was going to make it out, but I realistically would probably not. I, if they put me up there, I would probably, I would probably just cry, but I'm obviously not David, so I don't know. But think about that, that the Lord was preparing him for a battle that was so far into the future. And we don't even know if those people he was battling were alive yet. We don't even know if those four descendants weren't even walking this earth yet. I mean, they probably were because they were descendants of him. And obviously he can't reproduce after he's dead. But like, think about that. There could be so many ways to interpret descendants of him. Like nephews or I don't even know. I don't even know. Like I, I genuinely have no clue. But that's the first story that I'm going to be telling. And I, some lady on TikTok put that together for me. Like I, um, I got halfway there, but I was like, I saw that on my for you page and I was like, that is an inspirational story. And I went and I looked it up and made sure all the facts were right. And they were. And I was like, that is crazy. The second story I'm going to be telling is about baby Jesus himself. So during the time that, you know, the whole birth of Christ was happening, um, uh, there was a ruler, his name is King Herod. And uh, King Herod was not the best of guys. At first, he was like, oh, baby Jesus, like, it wasn't that big of a deal. It was just like, it, it was just gossip at that point, you know, like, oh, this, this baby is different, you know, like, it was just every day kind of everyone's excited about stuff, you know. But then the wise men came and basically said that he was a king, said that he was all these things to King Herod. And King Herod got really jealous. And he said, basically, he wanted to meet this baby Jesus and he wanted to see him for himself. And it was basically a trap. He was going to kill baby Jesus. So 
King Herod even told the wise men that they needed to go and see this baby Jesus and follow the star of Bethlehem, but he told them that he wanted to worship this baby Jesus as well. But then he started getting these feelings of anger and jealousy and kind of like Jesus was a threat to him because he was, you know, it was it was Jesus, you know. But he put out a an order basically to kill all the little boys two and under. Now, where have we heard this before? Where have we heard this in today's world? Oh, that's a little controversial. Where have we heard this before, though, in the Bible? Let's go back a few thousand years, I guess, to Moses and Moses' story. And uh, how King Pharaoh, or I guess he's not King Pharaoh, Pharaoh put out an order to kill also all the two and under little baby boys because uh, the population was getting too big. Their slave population was getting too big and Pharaoh had to keep it under control. Now, King Herod had to keep baby Jesus under control, but he can't just go, go murder this little boy that everyone's talking about because obviously that is going to raise a few red flags, clearly, but he gave an order. He gave the same order that Pharaoh gave a few thousand years ago. Now, this is where things get interesting. So, uh, we know that Joseph, Jesus's dad, he had dreams. He had a lot of dreams. The Lord had come to him in dreams before, And the Lord did it again after King Herod gave this order. The Lord came to Jesus in a dream. I think it was through an angel, but I'm not entirely sure at the moment. I don't have it in front of me. But he came in a dream. Guess where he told Joseph to take Mary and Jesus? Egypt. He told him to take them to Egypt. And there's a few parallels in the Moses story and the baby Jesus story. Because he told them, you know, King Herod's coming to get you. You need to go to Egypt and tell everyone that wants to kill you is dead. Because, you know, like, we kind of needed the story of Jesus. And it wasn't, you know, in the Lord's will to kill off baby Jesus. Because Jesus was on this earth for a reason. And it tells us in the Bible, that Joseph packed up Mary and baby Jesus, took them to Egypt on a donkey. And what I think is interesting in this story is if the story of Moses hadn't happened, and if that slavery and that freedom and all of those horrible things and amazing things that happened in that whole story of Moses that we see through Exodus, if those things hadn't had happened, those horrible things, like I said, they were horrible things. I think that we also don't make the connection that Pharaoh is basically Hitler in biblical times. I know that that's probably really controversial, but it's true. Like compare them side by side, compare and contrast. They basically did the entire thing, enslaving an entire, um, uh, I guess, race and 
their culture and like their whole thing. Like compare them side by side and think about it. But Pharaoh, if Moses hadn't had done all that he did and everything fell into place and the Lord was just so far in that story and he just made things work. And I'm not saying the Lord made the slavery happen. Made the, I'm not saying that. But if the Lord hadn't been at work in Moses' times, then baby Jesus would have had nowhere to flee when he was here. And the Lord was preparing that pathway for baby Jesus thousands of years before, before people even knew, like none of these people were even alive then. Like the Lord was still working for future things. He was preparing the way. And I just think that that's so interesting. Another parallel that I find in this is that in the story of Moses, when he is headed back to Egypt, he packs up his oldest son, who I don't know how old, but I'm I would like to think that it, he was around baby Jesus's age, but I don't know how old he was. And his wife, I think it's Z- Zipporah, Zephora, something like that. I know it starts with a Z and has two Ps in it. But he packs them up on a donkey and he takes them back to Egypt. It literally says there, I think it's Exodus chapter three, maybe, maybe four. He packs them up on a donkey and takes them to Egypt. Now, when Moses went to Egypt, it was to free the slaves, take his people to the promised land and all that stuff. He had to do the plagues that was horrible and all that stuff. But Joseph went there for refuge and he took his family there to protect Jesus, the son that walked the earth, the perfect man. And I think that we're so focused on our biggest battles in our life. And the enemy is really good at distractions. The enemy is always going to be able to distract us with whatever is happening in our lives. But the Lord is preparing us. The enemy distracts and the Lord prepares. And I think that how you stay in that mindset that the Lord is preparing you is when hard times come, say, Lord, I'm having a really hard time right now, but I believe that you are preparing me for something. I I believe that you're preparing me to do your works because that is what you do. You turn mourning into dancing. You take evil and you make it good. You don't make it to where evil never happened because that would be forfeiting our choice because we made a choice and that is why there's evil in this world. And it would be great, you know, if there was no evil in this world, but the Lord loves us enough to give us a choice. So therefore there will be evil in this world because there are some people that their hearts are hardened and there will always be evil in this world because there are people that will choose it. And it would be great if it didn't exist, but it does. And so instead of focusing on the fact that evil exists, how about we defy it and change it into good? Because think about it. The people who have been through loss and know what it feels like, know how to relate and to love to someone who is experiencing it now. So like I needed people in my life that understood the feeling of what real loss was and losing a 
beloved grandparent and I needed someone who knew what that felt like to see that they were okay and that the Lord turned their mourning into dancing so I knew it was possible for me. And I know that it sucks to feel like that in the moment, but the joy is so much greater when you find it in the midst of hard times and you understand what true joy feels like when you understand what true loss feels like and you choose it. Joy and love and that peace that you feel in your heart is a choice and you can always take it whether the enemy is trying to distract you and the enemy will try to distract you and the enemy will tell you that you shouldn't choose that because evil shouldn't even exist in the first place and whatever the enemy is trying to tell you i've said it once i'll say it a million times the enemy sounds like you and the lord sounds like the lord so if you hear quote unquote yourself telling you these things that don't line up with the bible it's not the lord and it's not you it's the enemy and learn how to decipher them. The Lord is always going to prepare you. I believe that the Lord is preparing me for something amazing in this next season of my life. And I don't know what it is yet. And I am okay with that. And I am just going to put up with people asking me what I'm going to do in my life. Because I do believe that I'm going to be doing amazing things with the Lord's help. And I don't know what they are yet. But I have faith that I will soon. And that is what I have for all of y'all this week. I really hope that you enjoyed this little podcast episode, but I just want to make sure that you guys know to follow us on Instagram at the pod rooted, follow us on TikTok at the podcast rooted, and all of our merch is in the link in my bios for both of those. And just a little more information about us in that little link tree that I have in my bio. There's also a survey that you can go fill out that kind of just lets me know where you would like the future of Rooted to go. I love to use those for just ideas on things that y'all want to hear about and just a little input on y'all side of it. And I just love hearing feedback from all of y'all. I love you a bunch and I hope you guys have a fantastic week.